Hello and welcome to Drills to Detail, the podcast series about the world of big data, business intelligence and data warehousing, and the people who are out there leading the industry. I'm your host, Mark Ritman, and Drills to Detail goes out twice a month with each hour-long episode featuring a special guest, either from one of the vendors whose products we talk about all the time, or someone who's out there implementing projects for customers or helping them understand how they work and how they all fit together. You can subscribe for free at the iTunes Store podcast directory, and for show notes and details of past episodes, visit the Drill to Detail website at www.drilltodetail.com, where you'll also find links to previous episodes and the odd link to something newsworthy that we'll probably end up discussing in an upcoming show. So in this episode, we've got Mike Percy from, uh, from Cloudera, and I'm particularly pleased to have Mike on, on the show because Mike's actually uh, a software engineer that works on the Kudu project there. And as probably some of you might have heard, Kudu is a, a new technology or a new project out of, uh, sponsored by Cloudera, I think, but it's now been sort of donated open source and so on, that is going to be, in my, in my mind, uh, one of the kind of key analytic kind of I know, platform pieces. Mike, do you want to introduce yourself first of all and just kind of uh, just tell us what you do at Cloudera and how you got involved in this? Sure. Uh, thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Um, so, yeah, my name is Mike. I am a software engineer at Cloudera, as you said. Um, I'm also a PMC member, which is Project Management Committee member and committer on the Apache Kudu project. Uh, Apache Kudu is a columnar open source distributed data store. Um, and so um, that's, uh, we can go into that more, a little bit more later. Um, however, uh, in terms of my own background, um, I, uh, prior to Cloudera, uh, I was at Yahoo for uh, several years um, working on machine learning and uh, sort of building a machine learning uh, distributed system um, using Hadoop, the Hadoop stack. And, um, and I've been at Cloudera for uh, a little over four years. Fantastic. So, so Mike, you said you, you've been involved in this uh, project called Kudu, and um, I, I, came, I came across this, I think it was probably late last year it was mentioned, so there was a few kind of press releases and news articles um, from Cloudera and so on about a couple of new technologies that it, they'd kind of uh, launched around kind of analytics. One of them was called Record Service, which is about security, but the one yeah. I was really interested in was this thing called Kudu. And you know, looking at the, I suppose, looking at the kind of the, 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 kind of the news articles and the write-up at the time, it was positioned as this kind of like, you know, in a way, best of both worlds of, of kind of fast analytics and fast loading and so on. I, I suppose, in a way, to, take a, to, to help anybody who's not really heard of Kudu or, or understood what it's about, what, what, what does Kudu, what problem does Kudu solve? And why did Cloudera and you guys get involved in this, really? Why was it really kind of done? Yeah, sure. So... The previous options for storage on the Hadoop uh, in the Hadoop ecosystem uh, were HDFS and HBase. And um, HDFS is based on something called GFS, the Google File System. And uh, HBase is based on, uh, from a design perspective, on something called Bigtable, which is a technology that was uh, invented at Google. Um, both of them were um, invented in the early 2000s, and published papers were published about them. Um, so HDFS is a file system, and uh, it's a special kind of file system. It's distributed, and it's the way it's architected and designed, it's really made for writing very, very large files in a batch, um, sort of a batch scenario. Um, so say you would um, ingest a, a large amount of data every hour or maybe every 10 minutes, um, that would go into its own HDFS file, and you wouldn't really want to try to access that before you were done loading it. So there's some latency built in there, uh, as you can see. Um, however, it's really efficient at scanning 
large amounts of data. So uh, it's really efficient to have a, um, a bunch of jobs read data from HDFS and uh, sort of scan through all of it. And so this is good for stuff like machine learning where you're building models from a lot of data. And so um, the opposite sort of end of the spectrum uh, in terms of throughput and latency is something uh, called HBase. And so H what HBase does is instead of being a file system, it looks like a, it's a basically sort of a NoSQL store. It's, it's basically a table abstraction um, on top of HDFS. And um, it allows for uh, mutating individual rows. You can seek to a single row, uh, insert, update, and delete, all that stuff. But it's actually not really designed uh, to be as efficient as HDFS at scanning lots of data at uh, sort of throughput in general on the read side. So, um, so there was this gap, essentially, where, um, well, what if you want to be able to have uh, random access to something that uh, you know, feels like a database, so something more like HBase, but you really want very fast scans. You really want to be able to uh, you know, churn through lots and lots of data in a, in a parallel, uh, high-throughput manner. Um, th there was really nothing there that could really fit this particular use case, which is a huge um, use case. And uh, so that's why we built Kudu, to fill that gap and to sort of uh, meet those, um, to, to, to sort of do a very good job at those things. Okay, so so yeah, I mean, so, certainly my experience on on using, I suppose, Cloudera, you know, the Cloudera stack on, on projects was that uh, certainly if we were going to be, you know, loading uh, bulk loading data into into kind of you know uh, a sort of data lake or something, you know, putting yep. it into HDFS was kind of fine. But when we wanted yep. to do these kind of incremental, uh, especially things like updates and deletes and so on to data, yeah, you know, we what we tended to do was to use uh, HBase and then put a Hive table over the top of it, um, at, which kind yep. of worked, which works okay, but then. First of all, it was fairly cumbersome, you know, having to use kind of, uh, at that point, I don't think the, uh, the Hive on HBase kind of, you know, jars, whatever, uh, actually shipped at the time with, with CDH. But, okay. but also, the, the problem we found was that, um, like you say, if you try and do aggregations on those uh, Hive on HBase tables, they're quite slow and so on. And I think also, other things we found were, uh, if we use, say, things like Parquet, which had kind of column store, it had its own limitations as well. And so when I saw what Kudu was trying to do, I thought that was kind of interesting, really. And uh, so so I, I guess looking at things, there are already things out there like, say, Parquet that are column store. Again, what does Kudu yeah. kind of bring to the party there, really? I mean, what, what does it really improve? How does it improve on that and do things better? This this goes back to sort of the initial conception of uh, what Kudu uh, would be. Um, and uh, so, you know, really Kudu was um, first conceived when Parquet was first conceived around the same time. Uh, and uh, really a lot of the same people were involved. Um, so uh, Todd Lipcon uh, is a software engineer at Clutter and, and uh, Kudu is his original idea, really. And, um, and uh, so... He essentially was uh, helping design Parquet as well with uh, some folks from Twitter as well as uh, Nang Lee, another software engineer at Cloudera at the time. And uh, so essentially what, you know, as they were designing Parquet and they're like, okay, this is going to be great. We're going to have extremely fast throughput in uh, a schema oriented file and this is going to work great with HDFS. But, you know, the next thing that people are going to say is, well, you know, what if I want to update one of those records? Um, because people are used to uh, analytical databases that, you know, 
do this for you, right? You can you can have really fast scans because it's column oriented. It's really good for analytics. Um, however, uh, you know you can also go and insert, update, and delete. Well, you can't do that in a parquet file. Not really. If you want to mutate one row in a parquet file, you have to rewrite the whole file, um, which is obviously uh, very inefficient if you have you know, like multi you know hundreds of gigabyte, uh, hundreds of megabytes, or, or even gigabytes uh, in a in a parquet file. Um, then um, it's going to take forever. So really, um, w that was the idea behind Kudu that sort of set up the spark is, hey, you know, people are going to want updatable parquet. Let's figure out how we can build an updatable parquet. And, and that was the beginning of Kudu. So another problem I found with Parquet was it, I, we, I did a project where we were streaming stuff into, you know, in real time into 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 Hadoop. Um, I was loading it into Parquet and I was finding that I had a problem there where, like, I was, because of the compression it uses and, the, and so on, um, it didn't yeah. really kind of suit, Parquet didn't really suit very well to kind of streaming data and so on there. I mean, how do you deal, I suppose, with the fact that data is streaming and, and you've got to kind of perhaps compact it and so on? How, how, does, that, how does that kind of work? So... There are multiple uh, layers of memory and uh, background tasks um, inside Kudu. And uh, so the, really the main two parts are, um, well, there are four parts. So I'll start with the, for initial inserts, there's something called the memro set, which um, is essentially where everything goes that's being inserted into a particular shard of kudu which we call a tablet um, so maybe I should step back um, so architecturally speaking kudu is a distributed system and when you um, create a table in kudu so you know it, really kudu feels like um, if you use it with Impala um, for example then it really feels like MySQL circa 2001 so if if you know so for those of us who you know remember back that far uh, there was you know my ISAM uh, storage engine for MySQL and uh, you know that was really the standard and you know with that um, you can do all kinds of SQL stuff it was actually really fast but it didn't support transactions and uh, triggers and stuff like that so it was, uh, and actually Kudu really feels like that so um, it really feels a lot like you're using. MySQL circa 2001, uh, but it's instead of being a row-oriented database, it's a columnar database, and instead of being on one node, it's you know it can be sharded across. You can you can have a Kudu cluster that's a thousand nodes, um, and so and so um, the tables uh, that you create are distributed across all of these nodes. So when you say create table with some schema uh, and you specify your partitioning. Um, in your create table statement, then um, that eventually creates things we call tablets, and those tablets are essentially one partition is one tablet. So certainly, my experience has been that I, I guess when 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 I you know when I first heard about Kudu, I was thinking, you know, is it another SQL engine? You know, is it um, a, a kind of storage format and so on? And, and I think kind of the thing that worked for me was, was going through some of the I suppose the initial tutorials and seeing that effectively it's like a it's like a storage um, storage engine, isn't it, for Hive or something? I know it's obviously yes. Impala, 
Um, and, and and I guess the bits with the tablets there, uh, it struck me as that's where part of the HBase heritage, or certainly it reminded me of kind of like how HBase yep. worked as well. Um, so so one of the things, again, that is worth maybe talking about is what's the relationship between, say, Kudu and Impala? So they do seem to be kind of fairly closely linked initially. Is that always going to be at the close link between the two? I mean, first of all, what's the link between Kudu and Impala? And, and does, does that, do, you, do you intend that to extend to other areas as well, other kind of tools as well? Sure. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's something that uh, people initially sort of scratch their heads at. Um, you know, so like, what is, uh, what is this thing? And so I guess I'll, I could make two comparisons. Um, con- continuing with my MySQL analogy, uh, my ISAM uh, is a storage engine for MySQL. I think these days people use InnoDB, which supports transactions, but is maybe slower. Um, so um, Kudu is comparable to a storage engine um, for, you know, f- like that, um, like my ISAM. However, um, the way that we've designed these APIs um, any system can use it. So it's not specific to Impala. It's not, it's not um, like my ASM is very specific to MySQL. It's, um, it's actually, um, it, Kudu actually exposes APIs um, and Java clients. Uh, so there's a Java client, there's a C++ client, and there is a Python client. And these are like client libraries that you would, that you could use to talk to this data store. And, uh, and that's, that's actually what systems that integrate with Kudu use if they uh, want to implement SQL. Or if you just want to uh, insert a record without going through SQL, um, you can write an application to do that as well. So it exposes APIs that look like insert, update, delete, create table, like, but these are, these are programmatic APIs. And uh, so systems today that integrate with Kudu, uh, SQL systems, include Impala, Spark, so Spark SQL uh, can talk to Kudu, uh, Drill, Apache Drill is a system that uh, can uh, scan and, and load uh, data into Kudu. And so essentially what Kudu does is it provides basic APIs. It also provides sort of advanced APIs so that these SQL engines um, that were sort of traditionally you know, monolithically built into databases like MySQL or like Oracle, um, are now, um, you know, in the Hadoop ecosystem, we're now, we're splitting them out. We're shard, we're sort of, I don't want to use the word shard. We're, we're tearing them. We're layering them out so that you can have at this base layer Kudu, which is your storage engine. And then the next layer up, um, you could have two things. You could have Spark and Impala. And maybe if you're building a machine learning system, or if you want to do, uh, like programmatic analytics, or you're doing something that requires, uh, some tricky kinds of a combination of joins and uh, something else um, and maybe um, business logic um, uh, that you want to execute in parallel then then you could write uh, a spark job that talks to kudu and then for stuff for your reporting or for your sort of ad hoc analysis you could use something like Impala um, that gives you a nice SQL shell um, to just run SQL on kudu and and they both work okay 
Okay, I mean, it's certainly for me that the biggest kind of revelation was seeing that I could do an insert statement um, in in, in yes. Parlor now. So, yes. it, you know, right. when you come from, the, update. yeah, I know, when you come from the kind of the data warehouse world that I do, you know, you're so used to being able to do single row inserts, and, and of course you exactly. can't do those in Hive and and so on. Yeah. And the other thing I, I was talking to you earlier on before we started the recording that um, the other thing I've been using is, uh, is is stream sets as well, which is the kind of ETL tool type thing that comes that you can install now as a as a kind of service into into Cloudera as well and, and in Cloudera, you know, Hadoop. And that has a kind of I was really pleased to see straight away that that had, you know, inputs as kind of Kafka and it can load into kind of uh, in, in, into kind of uh, into this as well. So 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 yeah. uh, one question for you, I suppose, really, and I suppose maybe devil's advocate question. Um, what, sure. why, why did Cloudera choose to do this rather than, say, just work more on, say, sort of HDFS? You know, why, why go and create another kind of uh, another storage technology than just maybe extend kind of HDFS or, or you know, what was the thinking behind that? Well, the it's um it's sort of an impedance mismatch. I think you know HDFS's original goals um, were to be really good at batch and um, to really efficiently and economically store bytes on commodity hardware um, in a way that like wasn't really designed to be modified. In fact, you know as as I'm sure you're aware, HDFS is an append-only file system. You can't even uh, change bytes in the middle of a file. Um, so um, while, H, while HBase is able to build on top of that and, um, and essentially get, get uh, a mutable, a, a store that is mutable, um, you know, the, it's, it was really a design, a design decision to uh, not modify HBase because uh, we felt that, you know, HBase is actually really good at uh, what it does. It's really fast for random... Uh, uh, inserts and and and, and uh, updates and deletes and also random seeks. Um, it's also extremely efficient um, at loading, and it's 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 got a lot of uh, things going for it for the use cases that uh, that uh, that are really ideal for it. So we didn't want to um, you know basically come in and say, well, you know, in order to implement efficient encodings on a column store, we're going to now impose schemas on top of HBase, and in order to uh, get really efficient columnar scans. We're going to break everything out so that everything's uh, every column is a column family. There are a lot of things that we would have had to break in HBase, um, and so uh, Kudu is really um, an attempt at saying, you know what, let's just go back to first principles. Let's figure out the problem that we're trying to solve, mm-hmm. and uh, then rather than try to um, force some other system to sort of conform to what our goals are, let's just um, Let's just go straight for these goals, um, and I think that that was the right choice. Do you see? Do you see Impala and do you see Impala being something will be commonly used to to load data into into Kudu, or do you see it mainly being programmatic, and the insert statements and things and so on in Impala are more of a kind of side issue? I mean. I, I think I noticed I was trying to get today set up the, the JDBC drivers. I don't yeah. think the JDBC, the JDBC drivers for Impala yet support inserts, do they? They're kind of read only. What, what's the kind of what's the vision? Oh. What's the vision in terms of loading? Is it generally going to be programmatic loading, or could you imagine? I mean, te- you, I think you know. Can you imagine an ETL tool, for example, a non Hadoop one, using insert statements through through Impala? You, is that the vision for it, really, or is it more through programmatic? So I think for um, in terms of Kudu integration with Impala, um, there's there's pro- there's still work to be done, and uh, so Kudu's inserts are um, really uh, w- work really well. Um, however, the the you know there's 
there's uh, quite a bit of roadmap still, like maybe a few months of roadmap for for Impala to do um, to get better integrated with Kudu. Uh, so that's how I would sort of that's how I would put it. Um, it's there are definitely holes um, in, uh, in because Impala's support of insert and update and delete are actually you know very new for Impala. Um, so I think I think in a few months uh, that'll get better. So it's not intended to just be a user tool. It's intended to be uh, programmatic as well. Um, that said, um, the uh, the um, inserts and sort of loading directly into Kudu. If you really just uh, want to uh, get the fastest possible inserts. Then um, probably going through um, a uh, the the NoSQL APIs like through Spark or something um, today is probably the fastest option. Um, although if you have your data on HDFS already, then something that you can do with with Impala on the on the shell is um, you can execute something like um, create table from select uh, as it's like. I forget the exact syntax, um, but it's like you can create table from insert. Uh, you can create table from select star from some other table. So if you have some data like you know CSV files on HDFS, then in in a one liner, uh, Impala will set up a job that will very efficiently load data into Kudu from that other data source. So you can easily you know, get started and try out um, you know try loading data into Kudu and then try it out on your actual. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you mentioned about uh, the, the Impala side, and, and and clearly the Impala kind of team and project is separate to Kudu, and, and they they work with different kind of like cadence and so on. But what, what's the yeah. kind of, what's the long term? I mean, I guess in a way, take, you're taking an even further step back. Why did why did why did Cloudera do this, and why did you do this, and what's the long term vision for this really? I think the 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 long term vision um, from my perspective and from the project's perspective is really to be. Um, the best possible um, uh, analytics system out there. So um, Kudu's Kudu's goals are are sort of sort of two pronged really. Um, we we certainly want Impala you know to uh, to continue sort of evolving its support for Kudu and it will and it's uh, that's that's definitely on their roadmap. Um, in terms of Kudu itself, uh, it, we really want it to be um, uh, a uh, the, the first thing that you would think of um, when you want to do analytics um, in a in a big data distributed environment um, and so what that means for us is integrating with all of the systems so the beauty of the Hadoop ecosystem is that kind of everything works with everything mm. and and so you can use hive you can use Impala you can use spark they can all talk to HDFS and uh, so different workloads that have different requirements um, can use these different systems, but they all get to use the same data. You know, it's like this, the whole data lake mm -hmm. or the, the, the data hub idea. It's all, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's based on lots of tools that can talk to the same data store. So that is um, what we are, uh, that is what we're going for. And so that's why we're integrating with all these different systems. I think one, you know, missing piece is Hive. And uh, I know uh, we want to get that done. Um, I'm not sure when Hive is going to integrate with Kudu, but I'm, I'm sure it'll happen, um, at least in the medium term. Um, as far as Kudu's long-term vision, uh, we are going to implement a bunch of features that are coming up. So, so 1.0 is, uh, is right now. And uh, so Kudu's now uh, prime time uh, ready for running in production. 
Um, and actually, there are already production users of Kudu. Um, large deployments, like 200 nodes, um, uh, clusters of Kudu uh, running in production, and people are happy with it. Um, next up is, uh, looks like security is really uh, you know something that a lot of people want. And so right now, Kudu doesn't do authentication and authorization. What that means is that, um, like um, Hadoop was uh, a couple of years ago, um, you should really like firewall it off. Um, um, but in the next few months, we'll um, start adding security features, and uh, soon you'll be able to um, have your users uh, authenticated and, and whatnot um, through Sentry, for example. Um, and then ultimately, uh, we're also going to add uh, multi-row transactions to Kudu, um, and we'll add that support, uh, uh, integrate it with all the um, query engines like Impala and uh, and Spark, um, and also we we plan to support multi-data center replication and operation. Uh, yes. is, I mean, is 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 the vi- is the vision for Kudu squarely within analytics, or do you see it potentially supporting kind of you know I suppose OLTP type workloads? You know, it's it's um, it's easy to imagine that we you know could uh, add row oriented uh, storage uh, into the Kudu backend, and it's it's not really that hard. But um, it's actually a pretty tall order to uh, to um, go and implement an OLTP database. Mm. So that's really not what we're focusing on right now. Um, I mean, in the in the future, I suppose. Um, once we feel like we've nailed analytics, then I think it might make sense to take a look and see, you know, where the low-hanging fruit is for a uh, sort of row-oriented access, and if we could support some basic OLTP workloads. Um, but uh, as as I'm sure you're aware, like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into an, uh, into these databases, yeah, yeah. Uh, like query planning and and you know all kinds of optimizations. Mm-hmm. That you know might make sense one way for analytics and make sense another way for um, OLTP workloads, and uh, so it would it wouldn't only depend on Kudu; it would also depend on these uh, query engines that have their optimizers um, to also you know support uh, efficient OLTP access. And I don't I don't know if anybody's you know working on that right now. So if that's so if no one's working on it, then I think you know <laughs> we're a ways away from it. I guess there's a, there's two things: is can you do it, and should you do it, really, isn't there? And I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it, why would you be, why would you do transactions in a column store database? I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. But uh, so so I, I guess another question really is is where where does this relate to Spark really? Because so the the way I think about um, integration with Kudu and Spark is that well, number one, it works. But if you're not if you haven't used Spark a lot, then I would say you know for 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 people who um, you know want to get an idea of you know where it would make sense, um, Spark provides a, a programmatic API to do all this um, all this data processing stuff. And so um, uh, for people who have written MapReduce jobs, um, it's like a lot of work to really you have to create this mapper and this reducer. Um, and so Spark basically comes in and and really simplifies that MapReduce API and really um, expands it and so makes it really much more expressive and lets you do grouping and and uh, and really have a lot of flexibility in sort of the order in which things occur and, and how the parallelism works out. Um, and plus it, it adds some nice performance features related to caching. So I think that um, 
the way I would tend to architect these kinds of systems is you have Kudu and potentially HDFS uh, as uh, and and also potentially HBase as data sources, depending on um, uh, how you want uh, where you want your data to live and sort of what legacy uh, jobs you have, and then um, for Running your reports, I think mostly people want to use SQL um, to, you know, sort of generate reports. Plus, um, you know, tools like Impala work really well for um, for integration with BI tools hmm. like Tab like Tableau, for example. Um, so where Spark comes in is where you want to do custom programming at scale um, against uh, some data store. Um, and so that's uh, so that's where it really shines, and 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 so like I keep coming back to machine learning, but I think other great examples are um, like fraud detection or um, uh, like sessionization in like websites and in uh, figuring out click through rates on ads. So all these things, you, like you can do some of it with SQL, and if you're a SQL wizard, maybe you can do most of it with SQL. Um, but some of it's uh, sort of uh, um, tricky enough that it, it might be more better or more easily expressed, more simply expressed as a program, and so that's where um, picking up uh, Spark uh, is really nice. Um, and I think uh, Spark SQL as well uh, essentially just feels uh, like you can you can add your uh, your SQL statement inside your Spark program, and maybe part of what you want to do is really better expressed in this sort of um, Spark language uh, or Spark syntax. But some of what you want to express might be easier to do as a SQL statement, and so Spark uh, makes it easy to sort of mix those things together mm. and uh, and use them both in the same program. So obviously, Cloudera are quite big backup backers of, of Kudu. Is it being is it being picked up by other vendors? I mean, it is I noticed that it's been donated to Apache as well. I mean, I suppose the question yeah. really is, how much of this do you think is how much of Kudu is going to get picked up and used universally, like say Spark as an example, I mean, or is it going to be? It's it's really hard for me to predict uh, you know, what competitors are going to do. Um, I think uh, if you want to talk like inside baseball, I think that um, or or semi inside baseball, I think that people um, the, these different vendors uh, the different vendors benefit from having differentiation, and so they don't want to all be like you know different colors of the same flavor. Um, they want to have uh, their own sort of things that they focus on. So, you know, Cloudera, I know, really hopes that other vendors will pick this up. And, you know, and that's why we, from the beginning, planned on making this an open source project because, um, you know, and, and, and we did. And then we donated it to the Apache Software Foundation. And then um, uh, it was, and we've since graduated from the incubator. The Apache has signed off on our development practices, we have open development practices, we um, accept patches from all over the place, and we, we, we really um, welcome uh, uh, sort of other vendors, Hadoop vendors and, and non-Hadoop vendors, and really individuals to contribute. So, you know, I, I think that's the best answer I can give you is we really, ho we really hope they will. I think that there's some resistance right now, but personally, I feel that, like, ultimately, they won't be able to um, say no because there's really I, there's really no other um, good alternative in my opinion 
for for Kudu unless you go proprietary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, certainly if you look at uh, Hortonworks, look at MapR and so on, everyone's got their own kind of like favorite SQL engine and so on there. And, and yeah. you know, I, I've seen that obviously Impala is, is, is ostensibly open source and I'm sure it is, but people don't, I suppose it's not been picked up by other vendors because they want to have some differentiation there. But other, other technologies that have come out of different vendors have been, have been adopted because as you say, if you take say Yarn from say sort of Hortonworks or take sort of what you're doing here with Kudu, you know, it fills a gap that is not filled elsewhere really. Um, and, and, right. and so therefore, you know that's kind of interesting i mean it's so so yeah that that so i mean uh, i suppose um so you said earlier on that it's going to well, actually by the time this goes out it'll be at version one so does it mean it'll be supported yes. it's, it's supported it's a supported product from cloudera at that point really so cloudera lags uh the the upstream or what we call upstream the apache releases a little bit by uh usually by like a month or a few months and so i think that that's what's going to happen here as well is um it like so Cloudera will essentially semi-support uh, 1.0, but uh, sort of the officially supported version is going to be just a few more months. So, so how how would somebody get started on on Kudu? I mean, when, when I when I first looked at it, there was a, there was a developer VM you could download and so on. I mean, how, if somebody was 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 listening to this and thinking, how do I get started with it? Where would they start? What would they do? And where would they go to? So the best place to go uh, to get started is the Kudu website. It's easy to remember. Uh, it's Apache Kudu, and uh, so that makes it the website kudu.apache.org. Okay. And um, so that's that's I think the first place I would go to. Just click on uh, community, and um, th- we have a Slack channel, which okay. is you know, just like a chat room, and uh, it's a public sort of auto invite thing. So you just click on the link; it'll invite you, and then you can join uh, the Slack channel. And uh, you know you can ask questions. Um, we also have a user list, a user mailing list, um, and there's documentation on the website, uh, sort of getting started with Kudu, how to install it. Um, there's also a VM if you want to just uh, spin up a, a virtual machine and sort of try it out already installed. That's another way to kind of just give it a whirl. So just to, as a last kind of thing, really, I, I was interested. I mean, looking, I look back at some of the stuff you've done on, you know, in terms of presentations and YouTube and so on. And I can see you've been involved in analytics as a topic for, for a while, really. And I'm just interested to get f- from your perspective, where, where do you see kind of analytics on Hadoop going and in the next few years? What, what do you think the kind of the, where would you see the technology and, and, and the opportunities going really for, for, for say, um, analytics and I guess data science really going forward? Yeah, I think it's um, that's a that's a really good question. I think it's really broadening um, in terms of the use cases that uh, you know that can that can be used uh, on uh, that can be executed on Hadoop. Um, so today, uh, people are already doing a lot of like large scale um, BI and and sort of analytics and data science. These things are these terms are starting to get really muddled together because um, I think uh, you know people are starting to essentially have multiple teams, you know, using sort of the same data sets. And there are more and more people that are, you know, really getting into the advanced analytics side and, and data science. Um, and so, you know, pe- people are using um, Hadoop for all kinds of stuff. It's really incredible. For example, um, implementing, uh, like doing uh, fraud detection, uh, credit card companies, I think I mentioned that one, um, do it, uh, in banks, um, doing uh, like cheat detection, uh, like they're like these, uh, you know, these big online games um, that, uh, you know, lots, lots of companies have these 
massively multiplayer online games and uh, sort of these like arena-based games. And uh, those guys are um, doing all kinds of number crunching using Hadoop uh, because they have so much data coming in that, uh, you know, they have to do it in parallel. And so they're using things like Spark and Impala um, to, uh, to do it. And so um, more and more um, people are uh, essentially uh, creating new, new use cases um, that, uh, that, that can run on Hadoop. And I think what we're trying to do with Kudu um, and at Cloudera is really um, simplify the whole process. Um, so there's something called the Lambda architecture that people were talking about a couple years ago and has sort of started to become mainstream now, um, where essentially you do this combination of sort of some streaming analytics and then um, periodically you do a big batch job that then um, sort of like corrects any errors in your streaming analytics and sort of you do this uh, union merge at the end and um, this this kind of a this kind of a uh, of a uh, of, of an approach is um, while it works it's like super complicated and hard to maintain and you know really hard to get your head around in the first place and so the more that we can say you know what you only have to use one data store that has really efficient streaming inserts and uh, really efficient uh, scans, you know, then all of a sudden you don't, you, you have to worry less about, um, about this Lambda architecture. It doesn't necessarily always, you know, fully go away um, if you really need up to the second sort of running counters or something like you might do. Um, but uh, but the, the faster and the more flexible we can make the backend storage, the, the better, um, the better, it is uh, for the user, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, certainly from my perspective, um, I think yeah, I think it was um, uh, uh, Michael Stonebreaker a while ago kind of it, it said that in his view, uh, I think all analytic workloads will move to Hadoop, and I think that's completely true. I think that anybody who's doing anything that is 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 kind of you know doing classic data warehouse or analytic or in this case in the new new world i suppose of, of of kind of streaming jobs and full detection and so on you know you would do that on hadoop or 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 really whatever the successes of the various parts of hadoop is you know in time uh, and and right. for me for me that ability to land everything the fact that you can land everything in one place economically now the fact you know you could do it in the past in theory but you can never afford to do it and you couldn't right. really pay the cost of all the kind of the the scheme on right stuff where you had to work it all out in advance and, and so on there i think people the fact that you can land it all now in, in a fairly sort of vague form and apply different engines to it and so on that that has kind of won the argument really um and and certainly things like kudu are filling in those gaps really things that from the, I suppose from the data warehouse world we've we've had in the past, you know, inserts and deletes and so on, and the ability to to, ins, to to land stuff in streaming form and query at the same time, you know, it's filling in those things there. But but certainly, um, and that's working kind of well. Um, I think an area that that is 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 ripe for kind of for, for innovation is is things like um, semantic discovery and and I suppose in a way data governance as well. And and certainly yeah. from my side, Hadoop has had a, a, I say Hadoop in a general sense here has had a bit of a kind of an easy ride so. Far in terms of kind of data <laughs> governance and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I know it's not your area really, but it, do, do, do you see that as well? Do you see that probably the next kind of big sort of thing is getting, I suppose, uh, you know, data quality and data governance and so on, or, or, it, or is that not such an issue now these days? Yeah, that's, you know, that's a, it, it, those are really good insights. And, um, and yeah, that's a really, I, I agree with you um, uh, that data governance is an important 
thing um, for people, but maybe for different reasons than it used to be. So I, th I think one of the reasons that, um, that uh, data governance is still important has a lot to do with um, like regulations uh, around like financial industry, the financial industry, or maybe uh, like HIPAA, you know, privacy sort of, in the United States, it's, we have uh, regulations around healthcare records and stuff. And um, so uh, I think data governance um, in terms of like, did we retain this record or can we make sure that privacy was maintained on this record is something that um, will never go away. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, certainly clients I've had, I've had in the past, um, I've had the issue where, you know, they, they, they buy in entirely to the whole kind of data lake idea and the landing stuff in there. And there's customer data there in, in there as well. And then they kind of think about the fact, well, what, what did we get kind of permission to do from the customer? And, and so you've got that whole thing of, and that's not, that's not Hatoop's fault. That's not kind of, you know, it's now, oh, now we're suddenly, th now we can use this data at a very kind of granular, you know, we're doing things like micro sort of segmentation. So we're now going to give you an offer based actually on your transactions, not on, not into which segment you kind of, you, you fit into. And, and, and there's practical there's practical issues there around, well, how do you go and redact information out of there as well? But, but certainly I think an area where I think the technology we're using now could help is if you think about, say, semantic discovery, you've got all this data landing into kind of a data lake. At some point, you're going to have to apply schema to it, really. Um, and, and it's interesting to see tools like Drill, for example, that can that can read the schema in there and that parquet and so on. But certainly, yeah. again, there's products I'm seeing coming out there, Tamir, for example, and, and, and so on, that... How, how do you make sense of the data in there, really? And how do you do the kind of provenance and so on there? I mean, these are, in a way, they're grown-up problems. They're things that they're problems of, of yep. success in a way. That that and we need to be careful. We don't get so we don't get bound into the same kind of inertia we had in in in, in kind of data warehouse world. But but certainly, I think the platform is being built out now, and that's one the kind of argument. But then going forward, it's like, well, now this is becoming a mainstream technology. How do we then deal with the fact that there are rules out there and there are kind of needs to, to audit stuff as well and, and so on? Whilst not forgetting this is not a transactional system. This is a kind of information system. Well, there are, there are yeah. tools that are being built. Um, so um, there are a couple of things that Cloudera is doing to try to yeah. uh, resolve this problem. Um, one of them is called uh, yeah. Cloudera Navigator. Um, and essentially what this thing does is uh, sort of looks at all of your log files and integrates with different APIs throughout the different uh, systems in uh, Hadoop. Uh, you know, part of what this makes this problem harder than maybe traditional systems is that, um, you know, you're talking like maybe 10 or more different components yeah. that are sort yeah. of accessing the same data. Um, and so, um, so this system uh, gives you uh, sort of like audit logs and data provenance um, information and uh, stuff like that. So it helps with the data governance and really, you know, that's their mission is to um, improve data governance over time. Um, and so um, I think that's, uh, I think that's one uh, aspect uh, that, that, uh, that uh, Cloudera is, is trying to, trying to resolve, trying to address. Um, the other thing is something called record service. Um, and so that's uh, that's sort of a newer project um, that's still, um, in, in many ways, getting off its feet um, or getting on its <laughs> getting on its feet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I got the, the idiom right. And um, so essentially, uh, you know, um, what it tries to do is provide a single access layer uh, from a network API perspective to all the data. And if you can really um, enforce uh, a single access layer across um, all the disparate systems. Um, in your uh, in your data lake, 
um, then um, then it's easier to sort of do this auditing and do this enforcement. Um, so there are a couple different approaches. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly when I saw um, when I saw the two things launched at the same time, Kudu and Record Service. I thought that's very interesting. I think you know you can see Cloudera there trying to be, I suppose, the the Hadoop vendor for analytics, really, and, and that was kind of interesting. Just what I'm, I'm conscious of, of time for you as well, but the other thing is, is 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 cloud as well. I mean, so one of the things that I often think is is that in a way Hadoop is this is this kind of store of that thing you can store data into. It's effectively you know unlimited storage and it's it's effectively free you know in terms of kind of you know how, how little cost it is which in a way is kind of describing cloud and and you know, t- taking kind of cloud and hadoop going forward and so on you know do, do you sort of see where do you see cloud coming into this really i mean you can obviously host hadoop in cloud but do you think cloud is going to change things in, in other ways as well really or what's your thoughts on that i think cloud changes things in a couple of ways um number one it takes are the this sort of traditional Hadoop argument that you know l- let's get away from specialized hardware, let's get away from like vertically scaled databases, let's go to horizontally scaled uh, databases um, as a sort of a paradigm shift. And so um, you know, so it makes things it makes it really much more economical, you know, to buy a bunch of cheap drives and and let them fail and buy a bunch of you know like one U or four U you know units and 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 just let them. Uh, you know, let them let them fail as needed, and and um, instead of buying, you know, like a, a refrigerator appliance or something. And um, so, what the cloud does is it makes it even more economical than before, right? So you can essentially, um, if you want to build like a, if you want to run a big number crunching job, you know, you, you just need to go to Amazon and say, hey, can I rent this? Uh, you know, essentially like data center full of machines for you know eight hours or something. And uh, you can, and so um, likewise, even if you want to run them long term, you can periodically pause them and bring them back up. Uh, so I think what 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 this is really doing is, in a lot of ways, you know, there's still there you know there's still the traditional database vendors, um, you know, that are sort of you know starting to get into big data, starting to work on sharding their systems more. But um, in many ways, they still want special networks, special hardware, um, their own hardware, um, maybe even like FPGA chips and stuff. Um, and so, um, what this you know what this means is that you know they'll they'll never run in the cloud. Um, I think the other thing that um, the cloud brings into the equation, uh, as you mentioned, um, the economics um, make it easier for people to ignore the sort of problems associated with data governments, governance that we were just talking about. Um, so if you have, um, if, it's, if it's much cheaper per gigabyte to store your data, then uh, you f- it takes longer for you to feel the pain or, or maybe you never feel the pain if you already have some kind of data cleaning in there. You can, you know, you can worry about it less. Whereas, you know, if you're paying, uh, if you're paying, you know, uh, wait, like 10 times or 100 times more per gigabyte, then you're, you know, very acutely aware that you're storing more data than you really need to be storing. And uh, then you start to, you know, need to take a harder look at uh, how the data is, you know, how, how long the data is lasting. And, you know, do we really, are we really using this data and uh, sort of do more upfront careful planning than you have to do with, with Hadoop. So, 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think for me, it just strikes me that, that in a way, if you, if you take a level of abstraction from above Hadoop and above cloud, you know, they're just they're just kind of elastic storage, aren't they? Really, that that is effectively unlimited, and and, and can compute things on there as well, and, and certainly. To my view, you know, you're going to get a blurring between on-premise and cloud and so on here. And, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think the other thing I see often in, in, in kind of uh, companies I've worked with is where Hadoop clusters are spun up just to do a certain job. So there might be a kind of a bit of kind of uh, predictive modeling or some kind of like models being built or something. And you'll see, you know, I've seen, I think, Cloudera Director being used for this, where a, yep. a Hadoop cluster is spun up just to do this job and it's then brought, taken down again at the end and, and so on. So right. I think certainly for development it's kind of good, but also for these kind of one-off jobs that might require a lot of nodes, but those nodes aren't kind of persistent really, then, then that's kind of useful. So um, I noticed, I think I noticed a while ago that, that Impala was running on Amazon EMR. So maybe, maybe at some point in the future we might see kind of Kudu on there as well. So that would be, uh, that would be kind of interesting. So okay, I think we've run out of time now. So Mike, just mention again, what are the URLs again to get hold of Kudu? Where where people go to to get hold of this? Sure, just uh, go to kudu.apache.org um, is uh, the open source um, version uh, of Kudu. And then if you want a repackaged version that has um, RPMs and, and stuff like that, then you can go to cloudera.com and uh, under downloads you can find Kudu there. And uh, so sort of those, those two places, um, or you know, Cloudera Manager is also a good way to uh, install Kudu, and and you can find out how to install Kudu using Cloudera Manager um, from uh, from either cloudera.com or I think it's also mentioned in the in the Kudu documentation. But so, Mike, thanks very much, and uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Mark. I appreciate the opportunity.